How's it going, everybody? Aloha and welcome back to the Brick House for another edition of Bose Football Final here at KHON2.com and anywhere you download podcasts. I'm your host, Rob DeMello, and we got three guys joining us here today. We got former University of Hawaii offensive lineman R.J. Hollis. We got former University of Hawaii baseball pitcher. He is the current KHON2 weekend news anchor and former KHON2 sports reporter Sam Spangler. And we got KHON2 sports digital reporter Christian Shimabuku because, hey, there is a lot going on here in this University of Hawaii football world with the open job for University of Hawaii head football coach because this past Friday, as you all know, Todd Graham, after two years with this program, announced his resignation, leaving a void as the head of the program here for the University of Hawaii football team. And so what we want to talk about today is this open job. We want to talk about the future of University of Hawaii football moving forward. Anyone who's listened to Bo's football final fully understands what happened here over the last couple of years, some of the dramas that came along with it. And so there, I feel there's no real need to pound home what happened at the University of Hawaii. It's more so what needs to happen for the University of Hawaii. And that's why we bring in these three very different and interesting voices to talk about this subject. And, and so uh, first things first, and I do want to say that uh, to anyone listening, it could be a surprise that you're listening to Bose Football Final because season three of Bose Football Final just wrapped up. We said aloha. And we said, hey, we'll hear from you maybe in spring ball. We'll get this thing going again. And then here we are a couple of weeks later. Psych. We're all working here on a Sunday doing Bose Football Final. And so this, I guess, is the official launch to season four of Bose Football Final. So welcome, everybody. So first things first, uh, I'm, I'm going to start with you, RJ. When you look at this University of Hawaii football head coaching job, what do you think the biggest talking points are amongst the UH football world as far as what they want to see with the filling of this position, which I imagine will be done quickly because you only have two recruiting weekends left before signing day? Uh, I just think it's going to be somebody that's, you know, totally into the program, totally into the University of Hawaii and the state of Hawaii. Somebody that's interested in, you know, spreading the culture, spreading the aloha, creating a mantra or creating some sort of, you know, slogan that brings that attention back to the University of Hawaii football program. And more than that, somebody that if you were to ask them while you're interviewing, are you okay with staying here 10 years or longer? They shouldn't even blink because we need somebody that's going to be dug in. We need somebody that's at least going to be here for five years. That would be, you know, my personal uh, expectation of how long the next head coach should be here. But if five years turns to 10 or 15, that shouldn't be a problem for whoever they're bringing in because right now the University of Hawaii football program needs long-term solutions. And I think one of the best long-term fixes would be a long-term head coach. Yeah, and we're, we're going to be talking about some of the names that, that you can kind of close your eyes and imagine in that position and see – does this person fit some of those attributes or maybe even some attributes that we haven't talked about yet? We'll do that in a little bit. But Sam, are you along the same lines with RJ where 
there seems to be the initial response was that the University of Hawaii family will would have had to have produced whoever this person is in order to regain the people in order to regain the culture of what makes University of Hawaii football so unique. I think so. And usually I would say no. A lot of college football programs do get themselves in trouble by being too insular. They'll say, okay, we're Michigan. We need a Michigan man instead of hiring the best candidate. But because the University of Hawaii is in crisis mode right now, I think they need to look within the family and find somebody who has deep ties, uh, deep roots, not only to UH, but to the, the people of Hawaii to heal what has happened uh, that we've seen transpire throughout the, the Todd Graham era. Um, I, I do think that it'd be important to find somebody that does have an affection for Hawaii to stay here long-term. Although speaking with Senator Glenn Wakai uh, yesterday, he said, you know, just the finances of, of what's happening across college sports. You know, if you have somebody with success, you expect them to leave in three years, just like we saw with Nick Rolovich, because it's hard for somebody to turn down $3 million a year, you know, for their family's sake. So, um, although I think that would be good to find somebody who could be here 10 years or longer, if they do have success to be here 10 year, years or longer, it's going to be really tough to keep them around just financially. Yeah. And that's always the conversation, right? Is that, oh, don't choose this guy because he's going to, he's going to use this job as a stepping stone. And it's like, well, if he's using it as a stepping stone, that means he found success. And that means this program was successful. So it's hard to argue against that and being like, no, I'd rather have someone that goes seven and six every year, never gets another job. It's always winning seasons, it's always bowl games, but we don't have to worry about him leaving. That's kind of an interesting way to, to think about it. And it's funny that you said what you said, Sam, because as everybody knows, I mean, Sam's my guy. I mean, we're boys. We talk about sports all day, every day. Our wives, you know, probably think that uh, that that we're weirdos because we just talk on the phone all day long. Um, but I, I, that's exactly what you've always said was, you know, that insular uh, approach that you were always against it and, and saying, like, you need to open it up. And, and so it's interesting hearing you say that for this specific hire, that you do have to keep it in the family in order to find what you were missing here over the last couple of years. So Christian, uh, your thoughts on this hire needing to come within the family of the university of Hawaii, how important do you think that is? And is there anything that, that we're not talking about that, you know, in regards to what boxes need to be checked here for this hire? Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with uh, a lot of what RJ and Sam said. And I think the thing I would add is, um, you know, with the time constraints that are attached to this uh, job search, I think it's going to be one of the most preordained uh, college searches of all time, where it's got to be someone, um, you know, who's familiar with Hawaii. Um, if you haven't lived in Hawaii um, at some point in your life, you're probably not qualified for this job just because of, you know, everything that comes with it right now. And so I know there's national reporters out there um, throwing out names. Um, up and coming assistants, but um, right now I just don't see it. I don't think any of us do. Um, it's gotta be someone who, um, you know, is familiar with Hawaii and understands the challenges that come with it. And so I think that's a, a really big uh, factor for the next coach as well is, you know, understanding the challenges that come with it. Um, if it is a current assistant, um, you know, with Hawaii ties like a Timmy Chang or a, a Brian Smith, it's gonna be someone who has played for Hawaii, but has coached at places other than Hawaii. Um, who've seen the other side of it, where there's schools with um, better funding, better facilities, but also understanding what Hawaii brings to the table and, you know, their limitations as well. Um, so I think that'll be a key as well as, um, you know, just the understanding of um, what it's like to be the coach here 
um, and the challenges that come with it, um, as well as, uh, you know, the benefits of, of being here as well. Yeah, great point. And when you look at this higher, and this is the way I view it, and and so you guys can jump in and, and tell me, you know, uh, what you think. And um, I don't want this to have to be so, you know, RJ, you talk, Sam, you talk, Christian, you talk, you guys got something to say, you just let me know and, and, we, and you guys jump in there. But, um, you know, the way I see it is this hire doesn't necessarily, when you're making this hire, isn't who is the guy that's going to get us eight wins, you know, speaking from the University of Hawaii standpoint, right, is, is this isn't, you know, this is the guy that is going to win 10 games next season. Now, obviously, in a perfect world, that's what you want. But it's more so who's going to win the offseason, I think is the most important part of this entire process is who's going to get the people back because the the community support isn't there. The community interest in regards to so much interest that you're buying season ticket packages that you're donating to the program in the off season, that you're going to show up to all the events that, that are put out there by the UH football team, whether it's Murphy's pigskins pig out, or if there's a, a Bishop street pep rally, I mean, are you circling it on your calendar to get down there? That's what's been lost here over the last couple of years. And so uh, the way I see it is that whoever gets this job, it's about winning the off season and getting people back in the seats, getting people back supporting this program and the wins hopefully would come after that. Because the thing you got to remember is whether people want to admit it or not, a lot of talent lost this, left this roster and there is a lot of replenishing that needs to take place. And whether it's through the transfer portal or whether it's, great recruiting, uh, finding the high school talent, because now we live in a different world where high school kids aren't getting the amount of scholarships that they used to uh, because of the transfer portal, which then opens the door for some group of five teams to get players they probably shouldn't have gotten here over the last couple of years. So, um, uh, Sammy, is that where you feel, too, that the off-season victory is, is, might be even more important than the in-season victories in 2022 with this hire? Yeah, I, I think so, mostly because we, we've seen the fan base continue to dwindle really since the end of the McMacken years, just as far as attendance goes, right? When you look at the, the turnout to Aloha Stadium. Now, there were some games early in the Norm Chow era, Chow time, people were excited. They were showing up to the games, big time opponents. Um, but since then, the, the fan base and the attendance at the stadium, and now obviously at, at Ching Field, has, has dwindled. I, I would like to see what that list looks like for who could bring out the fan base in mass, um, you know, to whatever TC Ching's capacity is this year. Uh, I don't think it's extraordinarily long. I, I mean, everybody's first name that comes to mind is obviously June Jones, right? That, that would be the press conference to end all press conferences to, to bring back the feeling of the University of Hawaii like it was 2007 again. Um, but there are, there are some other, other people uh, around the program. Rich Miano, of course, I think would, would be a big one. He's, he's been tied to the University of Hawaii for so long. Um, a, a lot of fans are supporting him. And I think that, you know, he, he is a, a bow through and through Timmy Chang, of course. And, um, and you bring a bridge that would be historic. Cause it would be the very first Bose football final co-host to be the head hey, yeah. coach at the FBS level. Let me just add <laughs> that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I want to ask you, Rob, what, what do you think, 
what what, do we, what would it take to 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 win that offseason? And do you think that that the fan base is is able to be won back over again to the levels that we have seen in the past? Yeah, I, I think that the winning the offseason is possible. And but it's like you talked about, there aren't too many guys that can win the offseason without doing anything. Right. I mean, it just like just the 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 announcement alone, like the tweet or whatever it is. There's only a few guys that that could do that. And obviously, I mean, you know. Realistic guys, I should say. Right. Because, you know, if if you announce Nick Saban is the head coach of the University of Hawaii football team, I'll tell you what, he wins the offseason and everything we just talked about, about like it's got to be someone in the house like it's that gets thrown out the window. Right. He might, but, he might win the end season, too. If it's yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think uh, uh, names that you brought up, June Jones wins the offseason. I mean, because what it is, is essentially is does this name make you want to buy season tickets without anything else without knowing who's on the team without knowing you know what what like any of the the outside things right it's just this name brings you back june jones rich miano i think timmy chang is one of those names a national name um and then it's almost like the nick rolovich side of things right you know and that last time when nick rolovich was hired in in 2016 you know june jones rich miano were part of the conversation then and then so it's almost interesting that Timmy Chang is such a powerful name in this conversation because he's like the new Nick Rolovich, right? Um, he's younger than Rolo just by a couple of years. Obviously, Nick left the program. Timmy continued the program. So it's almost like history repeating itself a little bit. Um, so I, I definitely think those are our names. You know, uh, Brian Smith, Smitty, the uh, former offensive coordinator, um, at Washington State and obviously a former center at, at UH and um, and coordinator at UH um, is a guy that I think is ready for the job, is someone that brings the experience, but might not have that same effect to the general public. Now, UH football fans might be like, all right, let's go. Um, but, you know, will our neighbors be excited about the name Brian Smith. And I think that's, you know, one of the things there. And these are some of the names that are coming up, uh, obviously, and we'll, we'll delve deeper into these names. Um, but RJ, uh, your thoughts on how does the offseason get won? And, and, and I know that you want to talk a little bit about, you know, this hire is bigger than just football too, in regards to the facilities in regards to nutrition and all the things that are being lost right now, in the drama of UH football uh, of, you know, UH needs more help than just finding a football coach, right? Uh, most definitely. I think there, there needs to be uh, a lot of talks about support for the players in and of itself. You know, the, the things that we were learning about, the things that I've experienced with lack of support with the weight rooms, you know, being what they are, not getting off season meals, mental health, you know, um, services for these kids that are you know if you're not from hawaii you're isolated when you come out here to play you know so for all of these kids that you get from the mainland when they come out here they're on their own so more than just having a coach that can realize what hawaii has to offer and realize local community local culture and all of that you got to make sure that you know you got to bring some of these kids from the mainland into the fold and you have to be good at doing that but you also have to be able to get resources for these kids you got to be able to get fans in the stands like one thing that I will never forget in my entire career is 2019 when I got a call from Nick Rolovich to dress up as a ringmaster I was like 
dude, what are you talking about? Why I'm not dressing up as anything. He said, well, don't worry about it. I'm going to dress up as a clown. So no matter what, I'm going to look more goofy than you. I'm like, you know what? Let me just do it because the effort that's being shown to win the offseason, as you're talking about, the effort that's being shown, I believe that game was actually, that spring game was scored in money. You know, they had all of the bells and whistles and they had food trucks and they had all of that. And in 2019, there was some expectation to win games, but if you said that they were going to win 10 games, go to the conference championship and beat two Pac-12 teams to start the season, nobody would have believed you. But what I think you're talking about, Rob, and winning the offseason and having an entire culture and community in a locker room, not just with the football players, but everywhere outside, I think that's whatever this head coach has to be willing and excited to do. Yes, your name can carry weight, but at the end of the day, no game is going to carry enough weight to win a game in and of itself, not even Nick Saban, who just lost in a national championship. So a good name is always going to be a great thing for a hire, but whoever comes in, they're going to have to be willing and eager to go that extra mile to support, to bring out the fans, and to make sure that the University of Hawaii football program is skyrocketed with all the effort that they put forward. You know, you talk about the 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 game was scored in money. There, it was called Rolo Bucks, if I remember correctly. And so, <laughs> yeah, Christian, yeah, yeah. who brings the Bose Bucks? Who who of of the names that are surfacing right now? And and, uh, and again, you know, there seems to be a core of names that everybody has on their list. And then there's additional names that get thrown out there. I know in the the article that you put together on Friday, you had the, you know, kind of the, the intriguing dark horse uh, being Brent Brennan at San Jose state. And I think the, the, the name or the, the instant uh, pushback on that, I think would be just the amount of money he makes at San Jose state, as opposed to what he would make at the university of Hawaii. But with that being said, I mean, that's what the conversation's about is that is that this hire might be one that doesn't make, complete sense in normal years it doesn't check all the boxes that it would if this hire was happening in 2025 or you know if it happened in 1997 this is a very different selection at this time based on what the university of hawaii has gone through and so who do you think brings in the bucks who do you think wins the offseason or and it could be a multiple uh, number of guys mm-hmm. um to deviate from your question a little bit um in, uh, in terms of Brent Brennan and, you know, buying out any coach, um, you know, Todd Graham did leave a parting gift of um, resigning, um, not because of, you know, him leaving, but um, UH isn't, uh, doesn't own that buyout. So that's a lot of money that they can, uh, that they have that, you know, hypothetically they wouldn't have had um, if he were to be fired. Um, but I think, uh, you know, not to plug uh, my own work, but uh, I think if you look at that article, um, you know, there's a lot of names that I think would excite the fan base. Um, you know, and to go back to your previous question um, in terms of winning uh, the offseason, I think whoever gets the job, um, one thing that they have to do from day one until the day they don't have the job anymore is local recruiting. Um, you know, there's gems, uh, hidden gems scattered all across the island. Um, and some of them don't have UH offers. Some of them have offers that are not from UH, which... I think under the Rolo regime was, you know, pretty much unheard of. Um, you'd always have UH be their first offer, even if they didn't end up at UH. Um, you know, uh, you know, this year and our cover two Marcus Mariota player of the year, Kaikara Carvalho, goes the entire year without an offer, wins the Marcus, and the next day he gets a Utah offer. 
I think, um, you know, whoever the next staff is, you have to come in and, you know, kind of plant the Hawaii flag in Hawaii, you know, and start offering these guys. You know, there's guys like uh, Solomon Malafu on Kapa'a, our two-way player of the year, no offers. Um, Gavin Hunter, uh, UH Legacy, um, no offers. Um, even guys with offers uh, that don't have a UH offer, uh, Brock Fonor Moana um, for Kuku, a UH Legacy as well, who has all these offers. Um, so I just think, um, you know, the previous regime um, recruited more so out of uh, necessity than, you know, making it a, a year-long thing. And I think that's the most important thing for um, whoever comes in is, um, you know, recruit the Hawaii guys and maintain that relationship because even if they don't end up at UH, um, they can always come back, uh, you know, be at the transfer portal or something like that. So, you, you know, not to deviate from your question and, um, you know, not offer a name, but... Um, I just think whoever it is um, shouldn't lose sight of the fact that, um, you know, there's players getting away from their backyard that, you know, they could be keeping. Yeah, absolutely. And, and RJ hey, hold on, hold on. Is... For, yeah, for people who didn't get to see RJ, you know, that, like you, you uh, reply to a text on an iMessage, <laughs> you can do like the exclamation point emoji. That was RJ the whole time Christian was just talking. <laughs> it's like the, the prayer emoji, the, the exclamation point. That was great. No, exactly. He went it. through all the emojis. You know, and that might be the next level of Bo's football final is we got we to gotta start <laughs> making RJ Hollis emojis because, I mean, like at what point when Christian was talking, it was like the Elmo on fire, you know, I mean, it was everything. I mean, this dude, like, it was like, you know, you go into your GIF bar on your Apple iPhone and, and every single one of those that pop up, RJ Hollis was going through it. And so why is that, RJ? What, what set you off? I mean, first of all, I felt like my grandmama watching T.D. Jakes back in the day, and I just wanted to jump up and say, praise Jesus. But my man Christian, bro, you hit that on the money ten times. Like, after I watched the first Mililani kahuku matchup, I said to myself, if the University of Hawaii is not the first team to offer Kai Kagravalio, we're going to lose him. I seen Gavin Hunter playing that same game and wondered, why haven't we offered that kid yet? To me, there is so much talent in just the island of Oahu. You can compare it, in all seriousness, to a large Texas town. There's so much talent here that is unheard of, that is unfiltered, that you just can't get to. And it's amazing that the University of Hawaii is the back of that. Kai Kai Carvalho should have gotten offered by University of Hawaii first. Gavin Hunter should have got offered by the University of Hawaii first. AJ Bianco, Jonah Savainea. I mean, even people who have already committed elsewhere, like Kristen said, there's a transfer portal. So just because they commit to somewhere out of high school, a lot of people know what the saying is for a lot of kids growing up on the island. You want to go just to experience elsewhere. But we've had players like Isaiah Tufunga go elsewhere, come back. So even just throwing the offers, throwing the love out to some of these local recruits and letting them know, hey, you might be a power five guy now, but if it doesn't work out, you will always have a spot back at your home in the state of Hawaii where you can always come back and represent your state. Christian, you hit that on the head, my guy. There is no reason. That with all of this talent on Oahu, with the COVID restrictions we had, meaning you couldn't even get too many outside coaches coming here to recruit, the University of Hawaii should be able to replenish every single year on unknown names. I made my name. I'm done after this. I made my name in media off of a Mililani walk-on named Kaimana Padello, who before the season started in 2018, 
I was the only one saying that's going to be the best D lineman you got because I lined up against him. I watched him rip turf with his cleats, and he was a walk-on at 5'10 as a defensive end. There is no way he's going to be successful until my second year in media when he's leading the conference in sacks. There's guys like that all around here, and that next coach has to have his nose and ears to the ground enough to where players like that do not slip past you. I feel like Kai Kai Carvalho getting offered by Utah just absolutely destroyed Hawaii's chances of getting him. But there's no reason after breaking a Kahuku receiving record against Mililani, we shouldn't have been at his house the next day. So I, I, I'm Christian. Hey, you took me to church, but I mean, get too far off on you. But I see it day in and day out. The amount of crazy talent that is unknown in Hawaii and even the university doesn't know. It's only fitting that a guy named Christian takes RJ to church, right? So, uh, all right, now yes, let's, sir. let's let's look at the the names that are floating around, and obviously, um, you know, we all have jobs to do, and I and I know that you know it'd be great if we sat here for six and a half hours and talked about this because the passion is there and uh, the interest is there to sit around and talk for six and a half hours. But let, let's bring up some names, and and this is in alphabetical order. Uh, these are names that have been linked to the job in the in the past. These, these are names that are being linked to the job currently. And, and so you got Robert Anai, Syracuse offensive coordinator. Uh, you got Keith Bonofa, uh, Boise State associate head coach. He just took that job. He has a lot of experience at the University of Washington. He played for the Rainbow Warriors under June Jones uh, as a defensive back and, and has gained a lot of respect in the coaching circles. Timmy Chang, the current Colorado State receivers coach, which we brought up, um, you know, as far as his ties. Uh, and, and really, when you look at arguably anybody who has ever been linked to the University of Hawaii job, uh, probably doesn't check more boxes as far as, as um, you know, the, the Hawaii tie, right? Because that's the whole talk, right? Is this guy got to have Hawaii ties? There's, I, I can't think of another guy that was born and raised in Hawaii that starred in high school in Hawaii, then turned down Pac-10 Pac offers to play at Hawaii, right? And so, I mean, that's like every box is checked. So that's very intriguing. You got Chad Kauha'aha'a, uh, Ikaika Malloy, and Brian Norwood all at UCLA, assistant coaches. Kauha'aha'a from Maui, uh, who's, you know, been as, as, as high as the Pac-12 as a coordinator. You look at Ikaika Malloy, who started his coaching career at the University of Hawaii, a Kamehameha graduate, and Brian Norwood, who's been coaching at the highest of levels, uh, really, for the past two decades, uh, played at the University of Hawaii along the same time as Rich Miano, who we'll talk about in just a second. Brian Smith, former University of Hawaii center and assistant coach. And then, of course, most recently at Washington State and was uber successful uh, for the Cougars uh, to close out this most recent season. Tony Tuioti, another very interesting name, someone who's gained a lot of respect in the coaching circles in the college football world here over the recent years, whether it be at the University of Hawaii, Nebraska, Cal, Michigan, uh, even spent some time with the National Football League's Cleveland Browns. And currently he is starting uh, his newest chapter and that's being defensive line coach at the university of oregon and then of course university of hawaii's all-time winning is coach june jones forever linked to this job i think uh, 150 years from now if this job opens up june jones name will float around as will the name rich miano and mainly because 
a lot of people still feel that in 2011, uh, when this job opened up and ended up going to Norm Chow, Rich Miano was the overwhelming choice. And so 10 years later, uh, there is still that faction of people that say like, hey, you made the mistake 10 years ago, make up for it by finally giving this man the job. Um, so instead of going name by name, uh, I'm just going to offer you guys an opportunity to to present to me the intriguing names, the ones that really spark interest. And it could be pros and cons of these names. And, and it could be this is why it will work. This is why it won't work. Uh, whatever it is, however you want to go with it. But and, and keep in mind, there's other names, too, that, you know, that, you know, Ed Lamb is someone that was up for the job uh, when Todd Graham got it. And that name's going to float around just because there was interest before. But again, like with everything we talked about, I think we would all be surprised if this job goes out of the University of Hawaii family. And so therefore, that's why we're spending the time talking about this now. If we are all wrong, then, you know, when this hire is made, we will talk about that hire. Um, but I, I think it, it it's what makes the most sense at this point. So Sam Spangler, uh, I'll let you go first. Uh, what name or names really jump off of the sheet to you? I think when you look at within the, the coaching tree of where Hawaii has had the most success over the past 20 years, right? During this century, uh, it's the June Jones coaching tree. So I think you, you look at him, obviously, you know, June's a little bit older. So is that going to be a 10, 15 year hire? Most likely not, but he's going to be able to bring in a, a huge staff. Um, and then maybe he brings in somebody that, you know, he can call a coach and wait, maybe like a Timmy Chang, or if Timmy Chang were to be head coach, he would be able to bring in, you know, June Jones's offensive coordinator. These guys all know each other. Rich Miano, um, they would they be able to work together and bring in a staff uh, that would be required to, like RJ and Christian has said, recruit locally, lock down a lot of the state of Hawaii. Um, and, and then, you know, Rich is a big one for me, just based off of the connections that he's built, not only through the National Football League, his stint as a coach at the University of Hawaii, but most recently with the Polynesian Bowl. Right. With, with doing the, the Polynesian Bowl, that's such a, a huge base of reaching out to all these different high schools, all these different high school talents. Um, man, those connections are almost more invaluable than being a, a coach in college football the last decade. I think that that has helped him uh, to, to get to this point where he's he's a candidate again. So those are the, the three that really stand out to me when you're looking at inside this coaching tree. Obviously, the, the other guys are, are there's tons of good candidates, which is great. But those are the three that really stick out to me about. Um, right now, turning the tide from where the program is right now to, to being a winning program again. The interesting thing with, with all that being said, does anyone think that the missing link to all of this could be who is the candidate that can get everyone on board? I mean, is that almost the, 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 the part of the resume or the part of the pitch that really hits home the most to whoever it is that's making the decision? Now, you know, Athletics Director David Matlin is a part of the decision process. Um, is he the only voice? We don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, it, just hypothetically, if any one of these potential candidates, whether it's June Jones, Brian Smith, uh, Timmy Chang, uh, Rich Miano, if any one of these guys says, hey, I got two of these guys saying that they're coming with me or I got three of these guys coming with me, here's who is going to be a part of this process. Do you almost feel like that is the golden ticket to this whole thing is if what people want so desperately is to return the University of Hawaii to embracing and taking advantage of what makes the University of Hawaii so unique and what makes it so special. 
and taking advantage of having its own culture and all that, the more people who have lived it can only help you in that process of returning it back. Uh, RJ, your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm going to try and keep along. I think I get what you're saying. And um, honestly, I, I feel like whoever does show up, they have to be able, if they can't bring alum with them, if they can't bring guys that have lived this before with them, they should be able to approach these guys, approach uh, uh, Chad Owens, uh, approach uh, Leonard Peters, uh, approach, you know, some of these old alum with names, you know, like, let's make no mistake about it. The University of Hawaii has thousands and thousands of alum, but there are certain names of players that have popped up before. If this guy can't bring them with him, would said coach, whoever it may be, you know, which is kind of one of the reasons I feel like Rich Miano would be a good one because his relationship more with just current players, but more so former players. I haven't met more alumni with anybody than with Rich. But just staying on topic, whoever this head coach is, if you can't bring guys with you, you should be able to approach them and say, hey, you know me, or if you don't, you know what I'm about. I'm about the University of Hawaii football program. I may not be able to get you as a coach. I may not be able to get you as this. I'm going to ask, but regardless, if this school needs help, I'm going to need you to help me, and I'm going to need you to be excited to help me. What the response is going to be to whoever's asking, I think that becomes the most important part, if that makes sense. If I'm approaching Chad Owens, like if we just talk about me personally, if I approach Chad Owens and say, hey, I need you to be my wide receivers coach. I met Chad Owens one time. So do I expect him to be like, oh, yeah, of course I'll do it. You, you, no, I do not. I don't have that relationship with him to approach him like that. If I wanted to go talk to a Sterling Carvalho, could I talk to him? Yeah. But do I have that approach where I can get his phone number, where I can get a text message from him? I do not. Who would be the coach that you would bring in and he could reach out to even some of the other nomin even some of the other um, people you're trying to hire? So let's say it's not Brian Smith. Could this next head coach reach out to Brian Smith for assistance? If it's not Timmy Chang, could this next coach reach out to Timmy Chang for existence or for assistance? If it's not this year of hitting Kahuku gems, can you catch the 2023 year of Kahuku gems, Mililani gems, guys out at, at Kapole, guys out at Wyanot? If you can't necessarily bring everything with you, once you get here, what does your face value hold? What does your effort hold? What will you be able to bring to the University of Hawaii, even if you don't bring it with you? I think that's going to be a big part of this next coach is, even if I only come by myself, what I've done for this university would be enough to get other people to come help me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Christian, your, your thoughts. Uh, do you feel that there could potentially be a golden ticket for one of the applicants that, that really gives someone the, the best chance at getting this job? Yeah, I mean, you know, all the criteria that RJ laid out, um, combined with the name that the single name that intrigues me the most, I think would be Rich Miano. And, um, you know, this might be a little biased because he does come in and, you know, shoot cover two and, you know, we get to talk story a little bit. But, you know, this is someone who's connected um, along, you know, all three levels of football, which is high school, college, pro, you know, with all the, the bowl games he's associated with, the Polynesian Bowl. Um, used to be with the um, with the Hula Bowl, but um, all the connections he has uh, locally, um, nationally, 
um, you know, the Polynesian football community, which is, you know, growing every day because of, you know, his contributions, um, you know, and he, you know, a very bright football mind. Um, I think you can see that on spectrum broadcasts, the way he, you know, breaks down formations, um, talks about personal things like that. So I think that would be a very intriguing hire for Hawaii. I just think the question is, um, or the question that's come up, you know, every time the job has opened up uh, the past decade, you know, 2011, 2015, 2020, 2022 is, um, is he ready for it? And I think anyone who spent more than five minutes with him or maybe a little less would say yes, but I think it's just up to the university to decide that. But I think um, the tandem that intrigues me the most um, out of the, the names you mentioned um, would be Timmy Chang and Brian Smith, um, former UH teammates, um, especially with Timmy as the head coach, because, you know, in coaching terms, he is pretty young. He's 40. Um, and I think in terms of co his coaching career, he's also young um, in terms of him starting his uh, coaching career at 30, uh, 10 years ago, you know, because he had played, uh, you know, uh, after college and things like that. Um, but you look at all the challenges um, that the university is facing right now, um, you know, with the new stadium, the lack of funding and an empty roster, too, with all the transfers. Um, I think Timmy and Brian could come in and um, spin that as, you know, kind of a blank canvas and, you know, let's grow together um, as a staff, um, you know, let's recruit um, organically uh, from the ground up, bring in guys that we know. I think Brian coming in as Timmy's offensive coordinator, um, you know, kind of would be the glue that links the 2019 team that, that he was on to the 2022 team. And so I think that would be essential. You know, there, there are still some remnants of that 2019 team, you know, set to be on the 2022 team. There could have been a lot more um, if there weren't, uh, if it weren't for the transfers, but, you know, there still will be something there. And so I think Brian Smith, you know, coming here, even if he doesn't get the head coaching job, you know, should be the first thing on the next coach's uh, to-do list um, is to bring him in. And, you know, he is uh, available right now. Um, you know, he was a finalist for, a couple Idaho jobs, Idaho and Idaho State, but I think that could be UH's gain um, pretty soon. You know, and you you were talking about Rich Miano, and obviously that's a name that a core name of this entire conversation. I want to read to you guys, and so keep in mind. I mean, my phone has you know I, I made the joke with Christian on uh, on Friday, I think it was right. I said like my phone is legitimately hot, like the temperature is hot because it's being used so much, like. And so, and that's how it's been here over the last couple of days. And um, everybody you could think of alumni wise is reaching out and just telling me what they think. And, and, you know, I didn't ask this person if I could relay this specific message that was sent to me, but um, it, it's a prominent former university of Hawaii football player who supports Rich Miano and thinks that it's Rich's time um, also is amongst the thought process of it just needs to be someone in the UH family though. If it's not rich, it needs to be someone in the family. Um, but this is the message in regards to support for Rich Miano. There's no, a quote, there's no one that loves UH football more than rich. That dude must piss a rainbow in the morning when he gets out of bed, end quote. And that is the best, it was the best uh, explanation of Rich Miano that I think I've ever heard. And it, I mean, it hits it to a head. Um, now, one phrase that has not come up in this entire conversation, which blows me away, because I thought it was going to be within the first three minutes of us talking. And, and I, even I didn't say it yet. Run and shoot. How much does that 
line up with whoever gets this job? I mean, is there any thought in your minds, any of you, that whoever runs the show in 2022, is there any thought that the run and shoot will not be involved? RJ? Uh, I would probably say it would, uh, would almost certainly be involved, especially with the criteria we're forming of falling under, if not the June Jones coaching umbrella, the player slash coaching umbrella in which almost everybody involved with June Jones knows the run and shoot, uses the run and shoot, some type of run and shoot style. Timmy Chang played in the run and shoot. Brian Smith played in the run and shoot. Um, Rich Miano's very familiar with offensive guys who played in the run and shoot. So I'd be very surprised if it's not involved. Does it have to be? Obviously not. I mean, any offense that can be curtailed to the players that you do have would make sense and maybe recruit into the run and shoot. But honestly, I mean, as far the, the run and shoot is almost like, you know, Billy the warrior as far as it comes to the University of Hawaii, because whenever it's around, it's just success. And it just makes you feel better knowing that the run and shoot is there, you know? So I, I think with the criteria we have, uh, more than likely the run and shoot will be involved with whoever is the next hire. Yeah, and I bring that up because if you remember when Nick Rolovich first came to the University of Hawaii, he did not run the run and shoot. That he was not, not the run. offense that he ran. Ooh. And then in 2018, the, yes. the big marketing campaign of the run and shoot is back. And what followed was so much success that it drove him out of the University of Hawaii. And <laughs> exactly. so, uh, Sammy, do you, you know, since David Matlin made that hire of bringing Nick Rolovich in and seeing what happened when the run and shoot was a part of it and seeing what happened with the, the support of the public of, of Nick Rolovich and uh, you know, university of Hawaii football. Do you think that there's any chance that, you know, he's just trying to recreate that hire because he found success that last time around. Right. I mean, cause some people couldn't make the correlation that, you know, when you look at all of David Matlin's hires up to a certain point, right? Aron Gannat, part of the family, younger guy. Robin Amo, part of the family, younger coach. Some people might say that she wasn't ready for it because she didn't have the experience, and you know that that other coaches would have. Uh, then you know Nick Rolovich was a part of that. That's a a younger guy and part of the family. But then he hired Todd Graham, and then the hire after that was Rich Hill, who was a, another guy that I think it. With Rich Hill and even Scott Simpson, there's Hawaii ties in there that, you know, more so than a, a guy that just comes in from another program. And I mean, those are guys that live Hawaii and, and, and celebrate Hawaii culture long before even applying for a University of Hawaii job. But with that being said, it, it almost seemed like there was a pattern with these hires. And so do you think this pattern might revert back to his original pattern as opposed to his most recent pattern? When, when this selection is made. It's interesting. I asked David Madlin about that after he hired Rolo and he said, yeah, you know, I have a type. And he said that that's, that's what he was, you know, continually doing, but he said that that, that wasn't necessarily the criteria that he wanted. It was just that those, those candidates were standing out to him. I do think it would make sense to, to go back to that, uh, that idea. Does it necessarily have to be the run and shoot? No. But what I think has stood out is all these criteria that we're laying out, especially culturally, Rolo pretty much checks all those boxes and that's exactly what he did. And that's exactly why he found some success. Right. So I think if you could find somebody that could study the playbook that Rolo laid out with community outreach, local recruiting, um, getting the, the fans involved, 
I think that that makes a ton of sense. And so whatever candidate can can do that. And then, hey, if they can run the run and shoot, it's a fun offense to watch. It's awesome. Uh, then that that would be even better. So, yeah, I think that 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 criteria would make a lot of sense. All right. And, and Christian, um, when when you look at that, that possibility, I mean, whether it's the run and shoot offense or, or whatever it is, um, you know, do you think that I, you said something early where you said that, you know, this is going to be the, the most, the, the most shallow pool of all time prop, you know, it, it, paraphrasing what you said. And so do you think that, I guess the best way I want to put it, would you be surprised if the four names we've talked about most here on this Bose football final, Rich Miano, June Jones, Timmy Chang, Brian Smith, would you be surprised if it's anyone other than those four? And, and keep in mind a name that, that, would have been a part of this conversation. A huge part of this conversation is Craig Stutzman. It could very much still be. I think a lot of people are just assuming based on the vaccine mandate at the University of Hawaii and with what happened at the Washington State University with Craig Stutzman, um, that it just it, that that's not a real opportunity there, um, especially in the year 2022, this early. Uh, you know, from w with everything that happened and, and Nick Rolovich for that matter. I mean, Nick Rolovich and Craig Stutzman are two names that should be in this conversation, but I think a lot of people aren't adding them because of those outside elements. So I'll say of the four and then those two kind of, you know, wild cards, uh, would you be surprised if it's anyone other than them? Uh, yeah, I would be. And I think, um, yeah, I think uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation uh, if it wasn't for, you know, Craig Stutzman's vaccine situation, because, you know, if he were, I think he'd be the obvious choice. Um, I think there's a lot of people who thought he was the obvious choice in 2020 and sent us down this timeline, right, with the telegram. Uh, but yeah, I, I would be, I think at this point, um, with everything that's been laid out, um, you know, it would be a surprise if, you know, there was someone else. But just even if it is someone else um, outside of the four, um, it doesn't mean that that person won't be successful. Um, I just think that it would still, it would come as a shock a little bit um, to the fan base. Um, but I think back to the, uh, to the run and shoot and, you know, all the, the things you were talking about. Um, I think a really interesting thing um, that you, that we all alluded to is, um, you know, the transfer portal and Hawaii did get a, a, four, a former four-star transfer in, in Cameron Cooper. And, you know, if Brian Smith is, is here to, to coach him, I think that'll be a perfect bridge quarterback. Um, Cooper had practiced the run and shoot for the past two years. Um, and then it would help for recruiting too, because, you know, there's a guy at St. Louis right now and AJ Bianco, who is a soft commit to UH, but hasn't signed yet. Um, I think if you bring in the offense that he ran at St. Louis for the past four years, um, that would help a lot. And Cooper could be that bridge quarterback. Um, and, uh, you know, this is kind of out of left field, but uh, I do want to throw in something about Timmy Chang. Um, there has been a lot of trepidation for UH fans uh, wondering if he's ready for the job to be a head coach, seeing as though he's a, a wide receivers coach at Colorado State right now. Um, I think that's one of the misconceptions is just because someone is a coordinator uh, or someone's not a coordinator means that they're not ready. But an example I point to, um, a wide receivers coach that, who was promoted to head coach right away was um, Dabo Swinney. And... Um, you know, I'm not trying to compare those two guys, but I think, um, you know, that is a jump that can be made and, you know, you can't have su sustained success with. 
Yeah, and, and one thing that I think needs to be remembered too is that uh, even though Timmy Chang wasn't a coordinator in his most recent two stops, which is Nevada and Colorado State, he was the offensive coordinator at Jackson State. And so um, this isn't, uh, you know, someone that has never manned a, a unit uh, room and never, you know, coordinated an entire unit before and, and an offensive game plan and called plays. And, and I don't know if that's, in his future, whether or not he's the head coach or not, if he even wants to be the play caller at the University of Hawaii, if he gets the job, uh, but it's someone that's done it before at the collegiate level. And um, so, uh, you know, there's a, there's, there's a pass there. Um, the, I, what I want to do now is, you know, there's so much talk about the culture of Hawaii and what's missing at the University of Hawaii and what needs to be replenished. And so all of you have your own individual experiences. And and, and I kind of wanted to tap into that. And and um, it might be the last thing we do before we say aloha in, in, in this episode. But, um, you know, I, I want to start with you, Sam. Uh, born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico, you came to the University of Hawaii to be uh, a pitcher and was a very successful one part of a championship team for the rainbow warriors in the Western athletic conference. Um, after your professional playing career, you came back here and you became a part of the media. You covered this university of Hawaii football team um, for, for over half a decade. Uh, and you look at, so you've, you have the experience of watching university of Hawaii football in its glory days as a student athlete, in a different sport, but going to the games, then you covered the team during the Norm Chow era and the, and the infancy of the Nick Rolovich era. Um, and then now obviously you're in news. And so now you're kind of a part of this process where instead of talking to the coaches and athletics directors at this point, you're talking to the ways and means and committee, you're talking to uh, state senators and you're talking to businessmen, you know, or business people about this situation at the university of Hawaii. And so I guess big picture, what is missing right now for this University of Hawaii football program? Can it be restored? And do you think that that's the main focus of this hire? I think it's the person that can get everybody on the same page, right? <clears throat> and I think that the, the, the way to fix this program, first and foremost, is bringing back the, the fan attention, right? Somebody who can unite everybody, who can unite the fans, but really – who can unite the power brokers to, to get the money flowing within the program, to get everything that RJ was talking about to help out the players, right? Whether it be player development through the nutrition um, <clears throat> also, whether it be, you know, to help with injuries, mental health conditions, et cetera. And I think the person that can get everybody on the same page, like it was in 2007, where everybody was pulling in the same direction before things had split, you know, when, when June left, um, that's the idea. That's the goal because that experience in 2007, you know, I came out in 2006 and it was like, wow, this is, this is what it is. Everybody's behind the, the state's team. And, and I think that, uh, Jeff Portnoy had a good point. I talked to him this past week, former university of Hawaii regent that the university of Hawaii isn't necessarily just the university's team. You know, they've done studies, the, the students there, you know, it's a lot of kids that like to go to the beach and stuff like that. Uh, mostly it's the state's team, you know, the, the fans for the most part, although they're, they're getting better student section is, you know, aunties and uncles. It's people that live in Kapolei. It's people that live in Kaneohe, right. That, that go to the game. So I think, you know, you, uniting everybody behind a, a singular goal, it's not just winning. It's, it's, uh, it's representing Hawaii. And I think that's something that Rolo did so well. 
Um, and obviously in 2007 was done so well. So I think that's the, the one thing, getting everybody on the same page and especially those power brokers to believe in you to fund this program. RJ Hollis, through your experience of being a University of Hawaii football player, joining the media, um, and, and really being a part of the Hawaii high school football community as well, because you are part of a, you're a staff member of almost every camp that comes into town, um, it, you know, and and every bowl game that comes into town, hula bowl, Polynesian bowl, and all that. And so, um, you know, along the same lines as Sam, is, is what's the biggest thing missing, and and um, can it be restored? For me, I think it would have to be um, tradition and community, man. And I know that sounds very, you know, cliche, very, oh, well, that, obviously that's what everybody needs. But I don't think people understand the power of community, which makes, you know, it's very confusing when you look at a place like Kahuku and that community. And I know it's like a dead horse, but if people have been around that, have seen that, you understand that a love is created in the atmosphere for a high school football program. And there is no reason that shouldn't be able to be done here. I feel like it's very sad that we no longer have a haka. I feel like it's very sad that a lot of these players haven't met players from, you know, the glory days. Most of the alumni I met, I didn't meet until I was done playing, you know? And then I would hear stories from guys like Sam Spangler. I'd hear stories from Isaac Sopawanga. I'd hear stories from Chad Owens that I'd never heard while I was playing. And it was kind of disappointing because I would get more fired up hearing those stories after I had already played. But it made me realize if Isaac Sopawanga comes and tells me that story before a game starts, I go crazy. If I meet Sam Spangler in 2015 and he's telling me the stories of Colt Brennan have to be snuck out of Spanish class because he's too much of a celebrity or they have an entire practice field filled with players and they're signing autographs for six hours, I would have did everything in my power to return it back to that point. But up until then, I knew nothing. In 2015, when I stood on that field by myself, I almost thought it was normal. I thought Coach Chris was yelling at everybody, telling everybody to get in the locker room. Well, hey, Coach Chris, I love you, but I'm going to come stand out here. And if everybody else goes, that could have been the last time we ever did the alma mater in front of a band. My biggest concern isn't that, oh, down the years, we don't have no Mount West, you know, conference championships, or we don't have no big stadium, or we don't have this. My biggest concern is that RJ Hollis might be the last alumni to give a damn enough to go through what I go through just to represent the school. To me, that's the biggest concern. To me, would be if 10 years from now, not only is there no Haka, they take the top out of everything. They don't even know what to do anymore. 15 years from now, you don't know who June Jones is. The name Nick Rolovich means nothing in the locker room. To me, that's the biggest concern, is that you need tradition. You need younger players to see older players. Even when you look at big schools like Alabama, when they go to those national championships, the older players are still on the sideline. Do they need them? No, they know they're going to go to another national championship. They know they got support. They got Gatorade water fountains the hell do they need older players standing on the side of them for because that's a motivation showing you what you want to get to and what you want to become i don't believe right now the university of hawaii has that foundation anywhere yeah i mean going up uh sam and rj made great points and so i think um another important thing for this next coach is just um just to have an understanding of the University of Hawaii and, and what comes with being the, the head coach at the University of Hawaii. And that comes with understanding the limitations 
Um, and that's probably why we did narrow this list to those four names because they get it and they know that they can, you know, use it to their advantage as well. I think if you hire an outsider, as was the case two years ago, he comes in and, you know, it's all this equipment, um, lack of funds that he's probably not used to. And so, you know, he probably didn't know, uh, you know, how to cope with it. Um, but one thing about Graham is he did have the, the COVID pandemic um, to deal with. And so will this next coach. But um, just to have the understanding of, um, you know, what the university offers and what it doesn't and, and how to use that to your advantage. I think uh, Nick Rolovich did a beautiful job with that and um, was able to work with it. And so that'll definitely be a requirement for this next coach. Yeah. And, and if you remember, I mean, the last episode of Bo's Football Final, we did a mailbox. And, and I think it's the last thing I talked about on Bo's Football Final was the biggest thing that needs to be addressed in the offseason was tapping into the Hawaii culture and finding itself once again. And whether that was Todd Graham as the head coach or somebody else, it was the, you know, understanding that TTH tougher than hell might not work as the rallying cry for the University of Hawaii football team. That might work for any other team in the country, but when you live in a place and you represent a place that's as unique and as, as different as any other team in the country, and that's a good thing, right? That's something to celebrate is that Hawaii is so different. You need to take advantage of that, full advantage of that, and live it and, and just jump full steam ahead into we are different, and that is what makes us great. And that's what the new, next University of Hawaii head football coach needs to do. And I imagine, like I said, I would think this would be the quickest process we've ever witnessed for University of Hawaii head football coach based on the circumstances that they are in, in being the University of Hawaii with recruiting right around the corner, with signing day right around the corner. There's only two weekends left of official visits allowed per the NCAA. So you need to get this done as quickly as possible. I fully anticipate that it is going to be a quick hire. It could be as early as next weekend or, or, you know, the days after that. I mean, it's going to be a quick process. And so we will join everybody again. Uh, we will do another Bose football final after a coach is selected. I think everybody heard what we thought, you know, in, in regards to the most intriguing names on this list. It could end up being someone else, uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, the one thing that is certain is that this is a crossroads for the University of Hawaii football team and this program can go one of two ways so we shall see what happens with this University of Hawaii head football coaching search uh, buckle up folks because it's going to be quite the ride we'll see who will be leading the Rainbow Warriors the next time that you power up Bose football final be sure to subscribe be sure to follow all of us on social media so you know when's the next time Bose football final is being dropped for everybody, for RJ, for Christian, for Sammy, I'm Rob. Much mahalo for listening and supporting Bo's Football Final. We'll see you next time when there's a new coach for the University of Hawaii. Aloha.